1: We got Willie with us tonight, my buddy Willie. He's he's actually my buddy, and he's my neighbor. Yep. When we moved back from Georgia, um, we we were looking at this house, and then my realtor was actually he, he was your realtor too, wasn't yep. he? So we were looking at this house, and we put in an offer, and then he's like, "Yeah, uh, Willie lives somewhere around there." I was like, "Does he?" And I li- realized he lived like across the street. So I was like, "Sweet." That's one so. of my jammies. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It took Willie a really long time to get here tonight. Um, You know, I was like 400 feet across the street. There, it was (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So Willie's gonna have a beer with us tonight, and uh, we're gonna talk about music. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, Music, the church, and uh, yeah, because all three of us are musicians. Mm We we would all love to be like full time musicians. I think Um, none of us are, but. You know, we still have fun doing music and, and all kinds of fun things. Those so. pesky bills get in the way. <laughs> yeah, pesky bills. Life. Why couldn't we just be single and <laughs> live, live with our parents for the rest of our lives? <laughs> I hope your wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs> she, she doesn't. <laughs>
2: my wife doesn't listen. I know my wife doesn't. Uh, she never so. got into it because of the voice-changing thing we had to do.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked us this week about mm-hmm. if we were going to release... Um, uh, we are going to do that I've, I've it takes a little bit of time so i've just got to go back in and, and re-upload them and do all that kind of stuff so but uh, at some point yes we are going to start re-releasing old episodes with the voice change we we can't change our names back but we can at least turn off the voice changers to make it a little bit more bearable we could
2: go back and just dub over it
1: every time <laughs> one of us says rick or patrick <laughs> Anthony! Uh, Michael! I'll, just, I'll record you saying Anthony and Michael, and I'll record me saying Anthony and Michael and just stick them in. Gosh. That'd be a nightmare. I don't know. We we still... I don't think we've ever told the story of Rick and Patrick. Man, it's a good story. It is. It'll be a fun episode one day. Yes. Not tonight, though. No. But tonight
2: we've got other stuff to talk yeah,
1: about. Yeah, we do. So, Michael, what are you going to drink tonight?
2: So, tonight I have from the Six Bridges Brewing Company... They are located in. Where are they located? Johns Creek, Johns Creek, Georgia. I have um, the Love Tractor Peach Milkshake IPA. The Um, who what tractor? Love Tractor. (laughs) Dude,
1: how do you find the names of some of these beers? (laughs) That's amazing. That's awesome.
2: Um, So it's a peach milkshake IPA. I ABV is seven percent. They come in a four-pack pints. And this is actually made, I just saw on the website, it's made f- with uh, fresh peaches from J. Moore Farms, which is oh, a nice. uh, farmer's market up uh, north of where uh, we are. J. is off
1: the chain, man. It is. You should drive Jay up Moore's here just to... Uh, Go to J. Moore? Moore?
2: yeah. I mean, um. and see, like, the people you love <laughs> that you left here, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. No hard feelings or anything. No, so Love
1: Tractor, Peach Milkshake
2: IPA. Um, it's just a peach
1: ipa that's that's kind of what drew me to it so there you go
2: anthony what are you drinking
1: so willie and i are going to we've got one more from uh from my buddy tyler who brought me a couple back from south florida uh, this one is duke's cold nose brown ale um from bold city brewing in jacksonville florida has an abv of five percent um and it has 23 ibus and uh i like the description on this one i was i was reading on the website it says bold city's number one selling beer a mild brown ale named after duke the owner's late beloved boxer and on the can it's got a picture of duke there and uh his his collar is a bottle opener too i thought that was kind of fun. that's cool um so this local favorite has hints of chocolate and caramel with a smooth, nutty finish, a well-balanced, flavorful brown ale that's perfect for any time of the year. This sounds like a really good brown ale, and I do like brown ales, so I'm hoping this thing's going to be pretty good. Well, there's only one way to find out. Let's crack them open and go to town. Here we go. Three, two, one, Crack. Dude, air, smell test man you got to smell test it <laughs> of
0: course it. absolutely
1: mm. well so
2: mine's an IPA and guess what it smells like
1: an IPA ding 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 dude this thing looks
2: oh jeez like a
1: it smells really good too oh that's funny it's dude they have the can set up for shotgunning <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Look look right here on the can. It says, this end up, and it's pointing at the bottom of the can. Oh, oh that's awesome.
2: <laughs> the one time I tried to shotgun a beer, I hurt myself.
1: I've never tried to shotgun a beer. I probably should. This looks painful. Please keep contents refrigerated. I do like cold beer, so. Well, we got the brown ale going on. We've got... The peach, milkshake, mine IPA. Is
2: some, mine is hazy and got like floaties in it.
1: Dude, mm, somebody nice. spit up in your beer, bro.
2: <laughs> it's what it that? looks like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another one. That's, I'm wondering if I should.
1: That's got to be the biggest particulates I think I've ever seen in a beer. Well, I wonder if it's like chunks of peach. I don't want to have to chew, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's turn them up and drink them and see how good these are. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Oh man. Mm. Yeah, I got this one. It's good. I know where I'm going with this one.
2: I can tell where Anthony is <laughs> going. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and go, Anthony? Because <laughs> I'll, um, I'm I'll still, go first. Because it's obvious. Groups with mine.
1: <laughs> so. This, is, this, might, this might be my favorite brown ale that I think I've had. The flavor is, is spot on. I mean, it's got just the right amount of crispness with the, with the, the chocolatey, nutty flavor mm-hmm. that you expect from a brown ale. And I love brown ales anyway, so this is a five Luther uh, beer okay. right here all day um duke's cold nose brown ale in honor of duke we raise a glass for duke tonight um
2: willie what Long. do you, what would you rate
1: it <laughs>
0: uh, no mine's word. not as i'm probably not as uh i guess keen on it which i mean it's good don't get me wrong it's great but i don't know um it's real crisp i'll give you that though it's it, something you can definitely drink after like cutting the grass. Yes. Definitely probably going to need that tomorrow. Uh That's pretty I don't mu- know.
2: That's pretty much the uh how we gauge our beer. Like what what, <laughs> what would this go grass good cut. with? Post grass cut post grass cut or like grilling or out on the lake or whatever. Dinner. So that's a that's a post
1: grass cut beer. Got it. No doubt. It no would doubt. be good post grass. It would also be good um with a cigar or a pipe. It would cuz it's got that it's got a sweet flavor. The sweetness, so. All right, give it one to five Luthers. Oh uh, let's go four. He's four, oh, four. four. Five's
0: pretty high in my book though, to yeah. be yeah. honest.
1: Five is high. So Michael, have you figured yours out yet?
0: Yeah, and I
2: may really surprise you. You're gonna give it five Luthers, aren't you? I'm gonna break every rule that we've stated in the first 94 episodes and I'm going to give you're going to give it like
1: two luthers
2: I'm going to give an IPA five <laughs> luthers
1: uh, no you can't do that but I just did that is you you can't no you can't no do that. dude I don't
2: know I don't think you understand so um look it's got the exact same like initial texture of an IPA mm-hmm. and but the flavor is like very peach like very very peachy which is which I wasn't really expecting Okay. Because IPA typically overpowers everything else in whatever, yes. whatever is, uh, whatever Which it is why we typically don't like IPAs. Yeah, no, this is why IPAs <laughs> are like, eh, that's not great. And up till tonight, I would say four is the max that an IPA could get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really kind of blown away by the fact that this is a five Luther beer. Um, the, the peach flavor is good. Um, it's kind of smooth almost, which is really weird for an IPA. IPAs yeah. are really, typically, really bitter and really um, like scratchy almost. Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't have much of that. It has a little bit at the beginning, but then the peaches like take over and it's like, oh, this isn't terrible.
1: So, w- what are the like big floating. I think it's just peaches, man. I think the... it's just, I think it's just peach. Chunks of peaches? Mm hmm. Man, I'm gonna have to come up there and get down with that thing because it's not bad. I'm I'm gonna have to find this Five Luther IPA here. (laughs) I mean,
2: I I guess if it's not bad, it's got to be better than not bad. If I'm getting a Five Luther, it's really good. (laughs) It's really really good. I've got two okay beer Five Luther's.
1: (laughs) It's I've
2: got another one up here, and I will probably crack it open here in a little bit.
1: Yeah, my mine is uh, basically gone at this point, so you may shotgun the other one. Uh, well, Willie's drinking the other one. I only oh. got two. Oh, <laughs> sorry. But I'm gonna get another one. I'm gonna get another one out of the uh, out of the fridge here in just a second. Yeah. Um. So, what, are, Michael? What are we gonna do tonight? What are we gonna talk about? So do we it, even know what we're gonna talk about yet? Uh, do we? I don't know.
2: Um. No. So uh, we're gonna talk to Willie. Willie. Um. Is gonna tell his story a little bit, and um, we're just gonna have a discussion about music and music in the church. Um, our experiences maybe some with different music in the church and that kind of thing but um, but yeah that's what we're going to talk about tonight and we'll do that right after this break Back, Anthony has opened a
1: second beer. Yeah, yeah, um, drafty kilt from last
2: week. Yeah, that's been a couple of weeks, actually. The episode comes oh, out tomorrow. That's where you're confused. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, that's what it is.
2: Anyway, I'm almost done with my first one. <laughs> but um, so tonight we're going to talk about music. Um, we have Willie on um, as our guest this week, and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk. We're kind of flying by the flying by the hip here. Whatever the word is, whatever the phrase is. Seat of Shoot. our pants. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Shooting from the hip, flying by the seat of the pants. There it is. Yeah. But um, we're just going to talk tonight and see where the discussion leads, and um, we hope that this would encourage you guys to have similar conversations, not just about music, but about anything that you're um experiencing in church or in life or whatever the case may be, so I guess Willie, the floor is yours, man. Um why don't you just start with uh with your story? What you know, kinda where did, how did you get to where you are um today?
0: Yeah, so uh you know, I grew up in church. Uh I grew up actually in Sarah Land at Shellow Baptist Church. And uh, shout out. <laughs> yep.
1: They're probably not gonna appreciate that one. Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're on the Beers and Bible podcast? What the heck? I'm gonna I'm gonna tag their Instagram <laughs> on this one. So anyways, so I grew up there. Um my, my parents actually were Methodist and uh so I actually grew up Methodist and Baptist kind of both. Uh kinda was drawn more to the Baptist side because I had friends going to the Baptist church. But because you know they that's, had better theology too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and no women pastors. But um <laughs> so anyways, so I got involved with the youth uh praise band and uh the worship leader there at the time uh was a guy named Brad Hill and I know that guy uh, was uh very instrumental in a lot of things in my life as far as my walk and musical influence and things of that sort. Uh and a little band that he was in with uh Anthony named Seraph. uh pretty much I like those guys <laughs> <laughs> they uh they pretty much were super instrumental in, in shaping just uh the way that I play, my playing style, um and even even in the way that I lead to um so I grew up there um and I started playing guitar there and I think around the age of maybe 18 uh you know I kind of felt the call that uh to be a worship leader of some sort um which if you knew me uh, in high school I was the same guy who took a, a government's class and uh had my notes prepared um PowerPoint everything nice and neatly laid out got up there to give my presentation and absolutely choked took 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 to zero <laughs> because uh you know, I was absolutely stage fright. So when I felt the call on my life, I was like, nah, "I think you got the wrong guy here. I think, I think you're talking maybe the guy next to me." Yeah, uh, messed up, A.A. A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so yeah, so so you, um so that happened. Uh, started leading worship there uh, with the youth and uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, we kind of started a hard rock band, which is completely opposite of the direction that you know whatever. Uh, so, which again led me to another church where I got involved with the youth uh, and led worship there. And it was really, uh, I stayed there for a while. And uh, another uh, Seraph alum, uh, Aaron Turner, called, um, gosh, I guess that was probably 10 years ago. I know oh, it's been longer than that now because I've been married 10 years. <laughs> um, it's probably maybe 12, 13 years ago. Uh, he was actually the youth pastor of a church here in Daphne. And so that's how. I got connected over here, started leading there with him through the youth. He ended up leaving to go to seminary. So I took over Mm -hmm. the worship pastor role there or worship leader role, whatever you want to call it. Um, And so I did that for, gosh, I think maybe four years. And uh, we hit a rough patch uh, with the church um, and finances started going down. Our attendance started going down. So we ended up merging with the church in the area uh, I will remain them nameless in this dis- in this discussion because <laughs> a little bitter, but um <laughs> if you're from Baldwin County, you know exactly who we're talking about <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> so but things got kind of messy with that because they had kind of promised me a role, but when everything kind of shook out, there was nothing there, and I was kind of left high and dry and really burnt really just kind of disgusted with everything, and didn't even know if I ever wanted to even leave worship again because I was just so so hurt in that and uh so we we actually left there and started turning uh attending mars in mars hill people of mars hill not yeah, to get not that, mars hill seattle no, not no, no. mars
1: hill michigan
0: or or driscoll let's <laughs> <Must> be clear <laughs> no rob bell no mark driscoll no <laughs> so we started going there and uh so the music pastor there uh at the time was joe langley again another seraph alum this is just a Seraph <laughs> shout-out, basically. <laughs> um, do so they have it an Instagram? I was about to say, can you tag them on anything? You probably can, but it I don't know. I do mean, it's still there, is it? I don't think it's still there. Oh, I think geez. it's gone. I know the music's still on Spotify because I listened to it. Is it really? Yes, it is. How did <laughs> I not know our music was on Spotify? <laughs> no, Anthony's doing later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hmm. So anyway, so we started going to, uh, to Mars in Fairhope and uh, got really connected there, um, really kind of – refreshed and got a chance just to kind of lay back and chill and and get you know report into through the through the pastors there and um so we've been there ever since uh and so i'm actually helping lead worship uh from time to time there now and i actually th- lead this sunday but you know it's fun it's we'll enjoy times. it i won't be there this sunday i so. know and i hate it <laughs> i will hate that i won't look across <laughs> and see your
1: uh truck in the driveway Yeah, Willie's my neighbor, and he always knows. If I'm running sound that morning, he knows because my truck is gone when he leaves. (laughs) I leave late. So he knows it's going to be a good Sunday or not. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Um, Man, I I guess I didn't realize how, how many people we have in common. So Brad Hill, who does the intro for our podcast, is a great friend of mine. And I was in Serif with Brad Hill and Joe Langley and aaron turner yep um i knew aaron was at um Crossroad. bell forest or yep. crossroads yeah i knew he was there because uh because Seraph did some stuff while he was there yeah, we played actually, a couple of times y'all while y'all actually he was
0: there. played a dean out and i may have fangirled out <laughs> Just because <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was i mean that would have been like four or five years after we quit traveling yeah. that we did that yeah man that's that's great this is like memory lane going on here <laughs> i was not prepared for memory lane yeah <laughs> Um, man, that's, so, you know, it's, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, having, having a bad experience with the church and, and now hear, hear me out here. We are not here to bash the church. I know Michael and I have done our fair share of criticizing the church, um, on the podcast, but we're never here to bash the church. Um, but, but I, I do think it's interesting because a lot of times, I have seen I have seen multiple times in churches where musicians are almost treated like the redheaded stepchild of the church. It's like, you know, if you go away, we can replace you with somebody else who's probably better than you are for less than than what you you know less than we have invested in you. And and it's you know that's a that's a because I've seen that in in medium sized churches. You know, small churches they don't they just want whoever they can get. But when you get to a medium or a larger church, mm-hmm. you get this mentality of, y- "You need us; we don't need you." Yep. Yeah, and and how do you think that that mentality has affected the way that musicians have been treated or perceived to be treated in in the church?
0: Um, I, th- I think that whole attitude of like, you know, you're, j- you're expendable. Uh, it it can it can definitely weigh on all, which. I don't know. I think a lot of times, uh, musicians, uh, depending on the church that they're at, um, whether they're paying gigs or not, uh, can look at it like that. And they're like, okay, well, if I'm expendable, I'll just go to the next place. But I think anybody who's really like invested in a church or invested in a congregation, that, I mean, that, that can be super hurtful from the standpoint of, you know, like you're just a number. Yeah. And, uh, like you're not the pastor. So whatever, man.
1: If you're, if you're not, the the worship what what they would term the worship leader if you're not the lead guy mm-hmm. and you're not preaching you're expendable yep you know and, and and I I would I would echo that and say you know I've seen I've seen plenty of people be be hurt by churches yeah um, who basically treat musicians like they're uh, slaves I mean I, it's like you're here and do your tricks monkey boy and go home. <laughs> And don't say anything or you won't get paid, Yep, you know, and it's sad. Yeah. I do think there's a fine line
2: there, though, because a lot of ministry when you're doing, especially in worship, if you're not the worship pastor or the worship leader, but you're under their tutelage, then Mm -hmm. you should be being trained to either uh, rise up to that role or be sent out to do that role somewhere else. Somewhere else. So I do think it's a fine line of maybe I am replaceable, but maybe that's the whole point. Like, like not getting that whole, like I'm just a, I'm just a face that can play a guitar or I can sing or whatever, but they're pouring into me so that I can go out and do this for another church body. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I just wanted to, I don't want to say like, Everybody, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want anyone to hear like everybody is just a face or everybody's just yeah. so, or, so. But, but I do. I understand the. It, it's a it's a very fine line between the well,
1: two. I, I you know I think about I think about churches that do that and and so Willie and I both have had lots of experience with the the church that we both attend now, which is is Mars Hill. It's called the People of Mars Hill, um, and we have. We have two locations, one in Mobile, Alabama, one in Fairhope, Alabama. But you know, I even when I worked with Joe and and uh, and Brad when we were in the Mobile campus when we just had the Mobile campus, like that. What you're talking about, Michael, that was our goal. Like mm-hmm. our goal was not to keep people, but also our goal was to to train people. Yeah. Like we we had a very specific focus and and developed a culture and and I think that you know that's almost what's lacking and, and when it, when when we talk about the attitude of you're replaceable like that I think that's that I think that's the the way that I'm coming at it is they don't see you as somebody to be invested in yeah they see yeah, yeah. you as somebody to pay and get a job done and then move down the road yep. yeah you know and and I think I think that may be the difference between what you're talking about and what we're talking about. And, and I agree, I agree 100% with you. Um, And I would say that, you know, churches need to focus more on the discipleship aspect of Mm -hmm. musicians and worship in their church, because, because, you know, I don't care if you've got the greatest guitar player in your, you know, surrounding area. If, if he's, not if he's not living the lifestyle that the Bible calls us to Monday through Saturday, he does not need to be on that stage on Sunday. Agreed. Yeah. You know, if he's a cancer on that stage, if he's talking bad about everything in in the church, and and you know, or she, if if she's doing it, it's, it's not limited to just just men. You know, if they're if they're tearing down the church, I don't care how good they are, they don't belong on your stage. Yeah. Um, because, and, and I think a lot of times that's where the difference in the mentality of what Michael is talking about and what, and I know Michael's experienced it too. And, and what we've experienced is when you become nothing other than a trained monkey for your talent, like that's how you feel. And, and that's how you feel the church is treating you. Yeah. And so you, you don't want to put extra into discipleship at that point. And leaders don't want to put discipleship on the on the front because they don't like the people that are on the stage with them. You know how how many times have we heard stories of you know worship teams basically faking it on stage? Yeah. <laughs> Too many.
2: I'll, I'll say this: it's very hard for me as an individual to be invested if I don't feel valued by the leadership.
1: Oh yeah, if yeah I absolutely. Don't, if, I, if
2: I don't feel like I'm being poured into and discipled and. Um, if, if I'm if I'm nothing more than somebody who can fill a hole that they cannot, that can't be right. otherwise filled, then it's very hard for me to be invested in what's going on, which yeah. I think is what is, which is why a lot of, I mean, in my experience, you have a lot of musicians that bounce from church to church because things will be great for a couple of months mm-hmm. and then they realize, oh, this isn't as, this isn't what I'm really looking for. And so they yeah. go to the next thing
1: yeah i mean it's it's the same as as in the secular world you know you have guitar players who might play with four or five different local bands at bars and they they hop on the biggest biggest band on the scene at the moment and then they realize that all the people in the band are a bunch of jerks and so they get out and they go to another band Mm -hmm. and then those guys become big and then all those guys are jerks and and it's just it's this cycle and and honestly it's no different in the world than it is in the church and, and I think that's a key, a key point where the church can do better is is take the time you know you don't number one you don't have to have the best players to be excellent mm-hmm. you know you can be excellent with mediocre players and I, I, one of the movies I, I, that sticks out of my mind is whats it, is it called Moneyball is that it? Yeah yeah the one with Jordan yeah. or Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill and, it, and Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, and Bear, Pitt. yeah, uh, yeah, Oakland yeah. Athletics yeah. and he's the Oakland Athletics, Athletics and yeah. and he's like, he's basically like, let's pick all these mediocre players that are good at very specific things, and let's create a great team. Mm-hmm. And they did that, you know, and I, like, I I think that churches almost need to have that type. It Fantastic. is a great movie. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's, well, it, I mean, yeah, it made me it made me think about it because because a lot of so many times. Churches focus on oh we've got to have this great electric guitar player and this great drummer and this great keyboard player and this great this and that you know and and they don't focus on how those four or five people might function in a team mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whereas you might need a decent drummer a good electric guitar player a good keyboard player who can all work together with the correct attitude yeah. and create so much better stuff than those five virtuosos could do yeah. yeah. You know, so
2: that's what I was about to say. Give me five average musicians who are all there for the same purpose. And that is to serve and lead Mm -hmm. others in worship versus five fantastic players who um, are there just to show how good they are and, and may not be motivated for the right reasons. And I'll take the five average players every day, every day because from the platform, I need to see people who are leading in worship, so mm-hmm. that I can follow them in worship. Yeah, if I'm not if I'm not on the platform, if I'm not in the booth, whatever, I need to be able to follow whoever's leading from the platform.
1: Right, right. It's you know, worship has become this, and and we've we've said this before, but like when you talk about worship becoming a show, yeah, mm-hmm. worship becomes worship doesn't become a show when you add smoking lights, you know, worship becomes a show when it becomes about the people on the stage versus the people in the crowd. Yeah, yep. yep. And and so, I mean, you can have, because I think about churches like uh, the Village Church in Texas, Matt Chandler's church, and Summit Church in um, Raleigh, North Carolina, J.D. Greer's church. I would say that both of those churches have excellent worship atmospheres, and they still do all of the things that mega churches do with you know lights mm-hmm. and, and and haze and you know whatever you want to call a production. Yeah. They have detailed production and and I know that because I've met both of the guys who run both of those churches. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, they have very detailed production, but at the end of the day, it's not about the the production. The production, the the excellence that they put into that is something to get distractions out of the way to focus on the gospel being proclaimed. Right. And, and I, I, you know, I think when we talk about worship in churches, that should be what worship sets up. You know, worship should, it, it shouldn't be about playing the coolest, hippest, newest songs as much as it is about preparing the people who are there For receiving a message from the, you know, that that's hopefully, if the pastor's doing his job, based in the gospel. Yeah. Because when you do that, you you have this worship experience that is, man, we come and we sing and we pour out our hearts to God, and then we receive a gospel instruction message that we can Mm -hmm. apply to our lives, and and something that we can take into the week to say, here is something that I can do better as a as a believer in Jesus this week. Here's something that that's, that's one thing I've appreciated about. And I've always appreciated about Mars is the way that we teach and, and Michael's probably tired of me talking about it, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, we teach beginning of a book to the end of a book. We don't stop, you know, we might stop for a summer break or something like that and do something different when, when most people are gone. But for for the most part, 90% of the time it's, what are we teaching next week? Well, we're teaching the next 10 to 15 verses. Yep. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And and I th- I think that when you when you teach the Bible like that, it gives different application. And honestly, I think it makes it easier for your worship leaders, yep. your guys like you and me and Michael, to plan things. Absolutely. You know, where are we going to be? We're going to be in these, these verses. Let me read those verses. Oh, wow. We're going to be talking about Moses's staff. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm doing Pharaoh, Pharaoh this week. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, realistically, it, it does, it helps when you know, when you don't get the, you know, the pastor's message on Friday afternoon at 3.30. Those are terrible. Oh, my Those God. Those are terrible.
0: You probably never experienced that. Uh, I've had, let's see, one church I was at, I had the pastor... Uh, probably about four months straight, that would send me the uh, passage or the topic that he was talking about on Saturday night about 8 o'clock. Heck yeah. Yeah. So that was. You That's know. a great time to start planning. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
1: <laughs> That's
2: when you get on Planning Center right away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was no Planning Center at that point,
1: unfortunately. No Planning Center. <laughs> Dude, what did churches do before Planning Center? Oh, I don't know. Oh I love Planning
0: man. Center. I love Planning
2: Center. And just uh, request.
0: 1 2 and 4 man 1 yeah. 2 <laughs> <laughs> o- only if you're baptist <laughs>
1: Meth- Methodists do the third verse yeah uh, yeah it's the baptists that don't like the third verse Oh man all right so let let's talk about how the church can better engage with worship leaders okay how how we we we've done a fair amount of criticizing let's talk about how we can do better as a church and and what can number one what can leadership do for churches you know what uh, and again like just g- give us your opinion you know what can churches do better to equip and and help
0: the the people who are leading worship in their churches um i think I think really uh again to point back to Morris Hill because they seem to do a lot of things correctly <laughs> but uh <laughs> Um, but no, uh, so one of the things that like, when I first started, when we start first started going to Mars, uh, the, the worship leader, Joe Langley, uh, really took the time to not only get to know me as a person, but get to know my heart, uh, get to know, um, the ins and outs of who, who I am as a person, the struggles that I've had in my past. Um, and so I think like what I saw done really well there is the discipleship and just, you know, grabbing, you know, other folks in the, uh, the worship team under your wing and actually getting to know them other than just like, Hey, you play a great guitar lick. So let me get Mm -hmm. you to play that. But actually like really investing and really discipling, uh, you know, not just worship leaders, but anybody who would be on the stage, whether it be a keys player or a drummer or whatever, but Mm -hmm. just taking the time just to really invest. Uh, and I think that, and, and what I've seen uh, as far as worship teams go, like that really sets a worship team apart is seeing a team that's really together, not just on Sunday mornings, but are together in uh, you know Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever, mm-hmm. and they just really they just really lock in together because you know they've been discipled in this this certain way that uh, that really reflects on Sunday mornings.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm actually gonna, I'm going to turn to Michael here for a minute because. I know that Michael is a part of a church that's much larger than than the church that we're involved in. Yeah. So they have a different structure. They have a different um, setup, and it's it's completely different from the way we do it. And so I, I want to like let's get let's get Michael's voice on this thing too because he's coming from a completely different angle than what Willie and I are really kind of uh, focusing on because realistically i mean we're focusing on a small church well not every church is small but that doesn't mean that large churches are doing it wrong so Mm -hmm. michael what like what at your church do you appreciate because i know that you serve with the worship team and you Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 not a full-time job and it's not a full-time job for willie or me but we all serve and so what is it that you appreciate about your church which is a completely different mentality from what where willie and i serve
2: yeah so um the church where I serve, Willie, I don't know how much you know, um, but it's a multi-campus church. I, I serve at one of the campuses, and um, what I really appreciate—it's big. Is, well, well, <laughs> well, well, multi-campus
0: but, gives yeah. that away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, but what I really appreciate is like the week before, or like the week of. If I'm serving this Sunday, the week before we'll get a message from the for the worship pastor. Who is a woman? We can discuss that later. <laughs> 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 but, but so, but we'll get it. Well, you know, there's a group text of everyone who's serving that week. Like, hey, praying for you guys. Make sure you um, check in planning center if you have any questions. Let us know. And then, like, the whole group is encouraging the the whole week through. And so, like, I feel like even the first Sunday when I wasn't even serving, I was just shadowing because this is relative. Like. Counting my shadowing day, at this point I've served twice. <laughs> like it's been like the last couple of months is is really the only time is the first time I've got plugged in, and so, but even then, like I feel like part of the team, and, and we're all encouraging each other, and it's not the same team every week either. So, ugh, excuse me. The
1: beers kicking back.
2: The second every the <laughs> second beers kicking in. So, um, no. But like everyone's encouraging, we're sharing like scripture, um, and and then you know Sunday, the the whole process is we do all of rehearsal Sunday mornings, so there's not like a Wednesday night, there's not a Thursday night. It's like you get there early on Sunday morning, you do a few run throughs, you do a big full run through, and then then and then you go. So but like there's that community, there's that like relationship you're you're building it with each other. And then there's opportunities outside of that where for we're like just our campus worship team got together and went to top golf. And and, just, hung, like and just and just hung out Topgolf's for a fun. couple it just hung out for a couple hours, you know? And so, I mean, what I what I like is that everyone's everyone that's serving on that Sunday is included in the in the conversation. Uh-huh. We all see this we're all getting encouraged the same way. Um but then if, you know, you're also, you know, there's other ways to, you know, just, to, to me, feeling like a part of the team is, is the biggest thing. You know, if I feel like I'm part of the team, it doesn't matter, like, my singing ability, my guitar playing ability, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm a welcome part of the team, and that makes me feel like... I'm valued there. That makes me feel like I'm. I'm. That they want me to be a part of that, and I've and I've been at play. I've. I mean, (sighs) without throwing them under the bus,
1: (laughs) (laughs) we're throwing all the churches under the bus. We are. We (laughs) really are.
2: No, but like there, there's been times when like I've said like I feel led to be a part of the worship team, and then nothing was ever done about. Like, like, and and maybe that was part. Maybe that's part my fault. Maybe I didn't push hard enough, but. There wasn't like further conversations had. There wasn't like well I, opportunity you know, for it. So it it's it was a frustrating is so, a very frustrating place for me to be in.
1: I can I can understand Michael's frustration because me and Michael worked side by side for almost two years. It was nineteen months, eighteen months. <clears throat> and you know, it's it's funny because the I, I hear I hear both of you saying the same thing from different angles. Like, Willie, you're saying the the biggest thing that that led to your development was discipleship. Yeah. The biggest thing the church can do is discipleship. Yep. And Michael is over here saying from a mega church perspective. I mean Michael Michael does I mean when he says multi campus, he doesn't mean two campuses. He means like 12. You know, they are a multi campus church. It's
2: like 6 or 8. Calm down. Okay, it's like <laughs> 6 or 8.
1: But I mean, at their main campus, they probably they probably have what? 10,000 people at the main campus? No. Not not 8, at the 000? main.
2: No, there none of the
1: campuses are that big. Okay, I like, thought they were bigger. Than like, that. like okay, here, I've okay, been in listen. their room and I know their room holds two thousand people. Yeah, like the <laughs> and
2: that's old. That's the old central campus. The new central is not that big.
1: Okay, yeah. So, but they have like seventeen services a day too. <laughs> I love your
2: hyperbole. <laughs> I love how uh, or whatever that is when you like exaggerate
1: just I do I do exaggerate a lot. No, but they so <coughs> Excuse me. They do have I mean they have what? 3 services? We our campus has two. Two. The the and central campus has four though, doesn't it?
2: Most of the campuses right now have two or three. Okay. So they they changed eight, up a little bit then.
1: We have eight we have 8 campuses. 8 campuses. Okay. So, but you're—I mean, you're—you're legitimately talking about across all eight campuses, close to ten thousand people attend attend this church. That is
2: a much more accurate statement than Central (laughs) has ten thousand people, which is what you
1: said, which is ludicrous. (laughs) It is ludicrous, but it serves my point. So, I mean, Michael serves at a church that has ten thousand people. Willie and I serve at a church that has four hundred on a good Sunday. Yeah, probably across two services yep you know uh well i I take that back our campus has four hundred. our total church might have a thousand across two services, you know, so at both campuses together, <laughs> so we're talking about ten thousand versus a thousand, but yeah, I mean realistically, even a thousand is still a big church
0: Heck yeah it is
1: um, but you know the the thing that I see the similarities I've seen between the both of these is relationships and discipleship are the keys to this thing. It's not about your guitar ability it's not about your talent or your musical ability it's about how much a person or somebody is investing in you for you it was joe and it was brad and it was aaron and it was all of these guys that took time to spend time with you and invest in you as a person and develop you into the leader that you are today yeah for michael it's the team that's a, that's messaging you know sending a text message how easy is that yeah.
2: Well, and you know, it's it's something that like your phone is in your hand literally all the time. Yeah. Just send a you know, send a text message to your team serving this week. Hey, you know, if you guys need anything or you need any, have anything that needs to be prayed about, let us know and we'll pray for you. Like, yeah. like just just having that open communication is a big deal. Yeah. And, and given I mean my past experience a lot of the times dictates how I don't want things to go. <laughs> You know, like like I could see how things like there was a lot of great things that have happened, like in church in the church that we we're that Anthony
1: and I were a part of. I mean, you met me. That's yeah. I mean, thing. a lot of great things have happened.
2: <laughs> but but there was a lot of we there's a lot of issues that we had and, and yeah. working through those and seeing like seeing the differences between two churches. And it's not saying like one church is wrong and one church is right. But like one church better suits. What? I need, and a church better suits what Anthony needs, and and Mm -hmm. Willie, and like, like, ultimately wherever you end up needs to serve your needs so that you can serve the body, so that you can serve Jesus, so that you can, if you're a worship leader, lead well, um, and really that, I mean, anything that gets in the way of that needs to be addressed.
1: Yeah. So, all right. let's let's kick the gear here we've talked about the church a lot let's talk about something that is that is music related nice because i know willie appreciates this let's talk about songwriting yes okay um i have worked on two three three tracks now for willie specifically and i've got a few more i've got to do i've got to get those done yeah um (laughs) my keyboard's sitting right there i gotta get those done um but what do you see all right the future of the church as far as songwriting is concerned and as far as original music is concerned you know how do we have the discussion between hymns modern music original songs how do we further that discussion I don't know. I mean, that's I, super open open-ended yeah, that's what I was kind of sounds like where do I take this? <laughs>
0: take it wherever let. you want to go. Uh, where does
2: the songwriter take this? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I think I think and, and probably my biggest gripe and I, I know I don't mean to be like this negative Nelly here, but like my biggest gripe with a lot of like I guess Christian music, CCM, how, whatever you want to call it right now, um is just it's super like cheesy super cheesy like it's <laughs> mm-hmm. not real like you you, you listen to it and you're like oh that sounds great it's got a good good beat and then it's like well that sounds great but like how like how real is that mm-hmm. you know how many songs are we talking about like the real struggles that we have as christians you know yeah when it's not all cupcakes and rainbows or um you know whatever yeah. and So, I think uh, to me, I think more honesty in our lyrics, more honesty in the music that we sing, uh, when we don't have it all figured out, uh, and we have to just, you know, lay into the trust of, of God and, and who He is. And even though we don't understand it, Mm -hmm. we have to, you know, trust on Him. And uh, I think a lot of times, you know, especially with your lot, a lot of your, um, I guess your more popular stuff right now with the Hill song and Bethel or whatever. Um Jesus is my boyfriend. <laughs> Jesus is a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just not real and it's just not like I don't know like it's, it it uh, takes it's hard for me to grab hold to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and so for me like the honesty behind lyrics is is paramount yeah, and yeah. uh and I think that's to to really further things I think, you know, just being open and being honest, and not sitting behind this like fake uh, life that we project that we have yeah. that everything is great.
1: Emotionally uh, driven lyrics that are designed to drive you emotionally versus yeah. lyrics that are designed to make you think. Yeah, and and actually contemplate. You know, how how can I be a better believer in Christ? Yep. How can I live a better life? you know? And it's it's funny. Like I think about songs that have lasted for hundreds of years uh that we still see i mean i mean people are still redoing the one of the ones that i think of is is uh as well you know bethel has their take on it and yeah. shane and shane does their take on it and everybody everybody does their take on it as well because everybody knows it as well mm-hmm. and and you know when you when you learn the story behind it as well oh it's game changer. and i mean i like I, I almost can't talk about that song without tearing up because, you know, I I, I see this guy Horatio Spatford, who writes a song in the midst of basically like I mean he was a, he was like a modern day Job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dude lost his family.
0: World's imploding for and, sure.
1: And you know, and I think of Job one twenty one: the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And and then I you know you parallel that to Horatio Spatford, who loses his wife and his daughter. And I think he had two daughters on there, but, but he lost the majority of his family mm-hmm. in a, in a, sh- a, ship that sunk on, on the, in the Atlantic ocean. And this dude, after that, he pins a, a hymn that we still sing to this day when peace, like a river, I'm like, how in the world are you talking about peace when your wife and child just died? Yeah. You know, if, if my wife and child got in a car and drove down the road and got in a car wreck and both died I would be furious mm. you know but but this guy sits back and says when all of this stuff happens it is well it is well with my soul you know I I, I don't know it's it's. I I, com- I completely agree with you on we have to be more honest yeah. we have to be more and and you know honestly I think that's what the secular world gets right mm. A lot mm-hmm. of their a lot of their songs are honest. The ones that we that we like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah.
2: I, th- I think the most like the most memorable moments of our lives, if we connect to them musically, will the song will will attach to the song, mm-hmm. and, and and it'll be a and it'll be a part of our life forever. There there's songs that mean something, yeah. To a specific moment, you know, you, you remember your first dance with your wife or whatever like that. That song means something to the two of you. That means something. It has deep meaning. Um, but like, how much how much more important is the. Having the real. Music, having the real connection to. Music about Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We need we need to quit singing about how how much God needs to do for us, yeah, and start singing more about how much God love how mm-hmm. how much God is to us, yeah. You know how great God is to us. He, you know, well, I think one of my favorite albums right now, at least three or four of the songs on there, is the new Shane and Shane record, Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs. Fantastic album. It, I mean, it's like Psalm forty two, and 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 realistically, I mean the best songs in the album to me are basically quotations of scripture yeah mm-hmm. you know psalm 42 is a, is a rewrite almost of come thou fount of every blessing uh but it but it draws straight on scripture yep you know and then Psalm the the other one that i love on that album is psalm eight um oh lord oh lord how how majestic is your name in all the earth yeah you know and and they put that into lyric form and and if you know that psalm and if you've read Psalm 42 and if you've read Psalm 8 and you know those Psalms, again, like the songs that mean the most to us are the songs that take us back to Scripture. This is the songs that take us back to what the Bible teaches us we should be doing. You know, that I think that's where that honesty is found is when you can when you can read something in your your daily devotion and then turn around and listen to a song and you're like, man, that reminds me of what I read in scripture this morning. Yeah. Man, that makes me want to learn more about what I read in scripture this morning. Those kinds of songs tend to latch on, like you're talking about, they attach to you. And I think Mark, you're talking about they, yeah. they attach to certain things and you're like, Man, that just that that gets that that song understands me. Yeah. You know, and, and it ends up being a song about scripture. Yeah. So there's some I, I, I I'm with you, man. Honesty is where it's gotta be. So we got anything else we want to talk about? Any other aspects of music? I like. I like. It. it was a good conversation. Yeah. So, Michael, if they want to find us on social media, where would they find us?
2: You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram at beers yeah, beers and bible underscore
1: beers and bible
2: beers and bible. <laughs> Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can uh, follow us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. Um, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website, beersandbiblepodcast.com. And um, pick up some merch. Pick up some merch and represent the podcast wherever you go.
0: What?
1: Throw it down. Willie, you you want to share your what your uh, social media tags? Oh, like
0: my music <laughs> fan? <family>. Heck
1: yeah, <laughs> man! You do it, man!
0: Uh, so uh, Willie May Music uh, is where you can find me on Facebook. I think my Instagram is also Willie May Music as well. Uh, I have a Twitter, but it's just my personal one, so we're not gonna give that one out. <laughs> a lot of baseball stuff
1: yep search willie made music and you might hear a song where uh, willie plays guitar and i play the keywords that's a good possibility (laughs) so until next week uh we want you to keep your bible open and your beer cold and we will see you later peace out